Welcome to the ECG podcast for the week of April 11th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Waterman, joined this evening by Zach Cassell from Boston. What's going on? Bobby Miller from Baltimore. How you doing? Adam Gumbert from Lexington, Kentucky. What's up, everybody? And George Arevalo from Miami. Welcome back, hey. George. What's up, what's up? So this week, we're going to continue our video game tournament bracket and have a very special guest later on the show, game director James Anderson from Ratloop Games, here to talk about Lemnus Gate. Uh, be sure to check out the embedded link on our Facebook page, Twitter account, and in the episode so that you can sign up for the beta if it sounds uh, cool to you. I'm really, really excited. Uh, you'll, you'll hear more of that later on the show. Uh, how's everyone doing tonight? Doing good. Yeah. Great. Like ready to get into some matchups. Yeah, I was say, he's ready for some heated <laughs> debates here. You know, this is going to be uh, quite the uh, um, second round here. Not any easier, in my opinion, uh, but certainly should be no less fun. So uh, we'll get right into it. Uh, to remind our listeners on where everything stands, uh, I don't know. What do you think we should? Should we just do one side at a time? I think uh, for the for the purposes of maybe a little bit of suspense, we'll. Uh, We'll just go through the modern matchups uh, first and then go over to the retro side after. You guys good with that? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. All right. So in uh, round two here for the modern side of the bracket, we have World of Warcraft versus Halo 2, Grand Theft Auto 5 versus Dark Souls, God of War facing off against Red Dead Redemption 2, and to round it out, Uncharted 3 versus Mass Effect 2. I will point out that there is a sequel uh, in every one of these matchups, uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, video games, one of the, the rare forms, I think, where you, the sequel is often better than the, uh, you know, the first in a series, whereas movies, the opposite is usually true. Although there's <laughs> exceptions, as we all know. Um, <clears throat> so uh, off mic, uh, George and I were kind of talking. We thought it might be a little more um, exciting uh, and better for debate purposes if we run through give our opinions on the games and then all vote at the end after the discussion are you guys okay with that as well yes yeah, that yeah. Works. <clears throat> maybe it'll prevent another um ocarina of time upset i'm still not over that. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> excellent all right so that's what that's what we'll run with here um for the first round, we have World of Warcraft versus uh, Halo 2. So uh, hop right in and uh, let the debates begin. All right, I'll start this off uh, and really kind of just, in my opinion, end it before it even begins. Uh, <laughs> Halo 2 doesn't stand a chance against WoW. Um, <laughs> Hey, listen, I, you can love Halo 2 as much as you want. You could say it's the best first-person shooter ever. I don't care. You could say best campaign, best multiplayer, whatever you want. WoW has all that minus the first-person shooter aspect. And it's still going to this day. That game is just a giant behemoth that just fucking won't die. Agreed. All right. I'm getting in on this. I mean, I think both of these games were, you know, generational icons, um, massive games for the respective genre. Um, kind of going back to what we talked about last week. I mean, Halo 2 uh, basically set everything off, set multiplayer off for console gaming. Um, it set it set such a great precedent. It set the foundation for so many games that have come from it. 
Uh, World of Warcraft isn't the first or last MMO. Uh, I think it inspired some MMOs, but I don't didn't that it um, you know was this groundbreaking thing that had never been thought of before. There were games that did it well before. I I agree, no no one did it as good as WoW. Um, but Halo Two, in my opinion, started everything for console gaming. Um, you know, I think it's a it's a better game. It's a better experience. Um, it doesn't have the longevity of World of Warcraft. I will not debate that, but um, this is a tournament that's not about the most longevity of a game. If the game is still relevant today, it's just about the best game, period. Um, and it's, it's important to remember that. Everyone's going to factor in whatever they think is most important, but at the end of the day, the end of the day it's the best pure game. <clears throat> and I think Halo 2 uh, is just that. So I'll, I'll go ahead and throw my two cents in here. <clears throat> um, I have never played World of Warcraft, or I shouldn't say that. I played a very, very small amount of World of Warcraft, watched a lot of other people play it, obviously familiar with um, you know uh, uh, how that world sort of grew and changed. I think things that impressed me about WoW uh, would obviously be the scale, um, just the, the sheer number of players that uh, involved in things like raids, the coordination, the sort of gear chasing, um, the the team composition, um, and then just how that world changed and ha- continues to change over time. The fact that they're now having to, or not having to, but the demand is so high to create legacy servers where if you want to show somebody <clears throat> what WoW was like at the time it launched or at any point during its evolution, you essentially have to go to a bootleg server, uh, and and you know, Blizzard has finally started to recognize the importance of preserving that that rich history that they have, and I think they're working on um, you know creating legacy servers, official legacy servers, so that people can experience that world um, as it as it changed. On the other hand, you have you know Halo Two, which we've talked to death about it, but I don't feel like it can be overstated um, how important of a moment in console gaming that was for. Um, you know, both uh, the tremendous campaign, but obviously the uh, the monster PvP. Uh, whether you know, uh, going from Halo Combat Evolve, where it was more LAN parties, you know, which were exciting and fun with your friends, to now I could play with any one of my friends, no matter where they were currently going to college, um, on Xbox Live with a mic. Um, really, pretty smooth for the most part. I mean, you had some latency and things like that, but. Considering how old that uh, console generation, you know, in retrospect, you know, for them to do what they did with that technology was incredibly impressive. And uh, a lot of people forget one of the first games to have DLC, and maybe one of the onlys in that um, uh, particular generation. You had to go out and actually buy the disc and install it, but there were map packs that launched later, um, which you know, sort of set a precedent for all those shooters that came after, you know, people wanting additional map support, new modes, uh, things like that. Uh, and I, I just have a, such an overwhelming fondness for Halo 2 and just all the memories that kind of go uh, you know, with that. This is going to be a tough call for me, I'm going to admit, because I feel like it is kind of the definition of apples and oranges. But those are my thoughts. All right. <clears throat> You make some valid points about Halo and everything, but you have to, when you say the impact that Halo had on the console shooter realm and everything like that, like WoW has had that impact across games in general. Like when 
a looter shooter or something of that nature comes to the console market, we always look at it and be like, oh man, these raids will never compare to raids in WoW. Or, you know, these dungeons will never compare to the dungeons in WoW. And it's a testament to WoW's, um, the way that they're um, their game so well over time. And it's, it's still like influencing games, I feel, even to this day, where I feel like if Halo 2 didn't come along, something else would have. Um, I think WoW's perfected what it's doing. Uh, you know, obviously it's perfect, perfected it. And I, I don't, nothing that has come after it has been close to as good as it or as successful as it. And I feel like if Halo 2 didn't exist, something would have taken its place as, you know, that first game to, like, break that mold. Like, I feel like Call of Duty 4 would still be here if Halo 2 didn't exist. And would, you know, Call of Duty 4 have moved on against whatever game would have taken Halo's spot here because of how good Call of Duty would have been considered and blah, blah, blah. But even then, it still wouldn't have stood a chance against WoW. I mean, I don't disagree with that sentiment, um, you know, exactly. Uh, I mean, I think you're right. It was only a matter of time, but I feel like the phenomenon of Halo 2 and how massive of a game it was, like that was an event when that game launched and it was a phenomenon, you know, for, for years after it came out. Um, I think that accelerated the process and I think that is the reason why the next generation, what really... Uh, defined the 360 PS3 besides open world games, of course, um, was the, uh, you know, network integration and having to have an online ecosystem that was built for, uh, you know, uh, being social and, and playing games with your, I mean, again, something maybe, yeah, that was around on, on PCs, but I don't know that it would have come as quickly if it hadn't been for Halo 2. But I mean, I, I I do understand, you know, what you're saying. And I would not disagree, by the way, with, you know, the points that you make about the scale of, of WoW and sort of the influence. And, you know, you could very much make the argument that has not been surpassed in design. Uh, Adam, Bobby, wh- wh- what do you guys uh, weigh in? Um, you know, wh- what are your experiences, if any, with Halo 2 or uh, WoW? Uh, I haven't uh, played that much of Halo. I do know the background of Halo. Uh, but I, I do... I do believe that WoW started as an RPG, and to see a game switch genres or even create a MMO like it, it I still think WoW had just because WoW is still going. I think that that's why I think WoW would win this. It just seems like Halo Two was a, a defining game, but it's not like something that it. I mean, I guess it evolved with Halo Three, Four. Well, we talk about five, but. Like it, it like Halo kept going, but it's like it wasn't. They had to keep doing different games, but it's like WoW has been the same thing, and they just keep adding updates and DLC. Well, you gotta pay for it. Uh, I just think that WoW has just been. It's something that you. I honestly think that I hear more about WoW than I do Halo. Uh, just like kind of like what Zach said, it's just kind of like things that people mention and base off. Like uh, when I'm talking about like Elder Scrolls or or other games, it's like. Uh, you know, even shooters, some shooters, they talk about uh, uh, World of Warcraft for some reason. And I mean, I played it for a little bit. Uh, I I did not want to keep playing monthly, uh, but I know that uh, uh, 
it definitely draws people in well and i i think that it it just seems to be something that's ever growing blizzard has just kept feeding the beast and it just keeps it just keeps going i mean it's something that gets people like they literally come home and sign into the same game every day like to see that that means something more to me as opposed to people that just want to keep trying different things and trying everything and whatnot like to see people constantly doing the same thing uh longer and longer that that is just that that amazing uh you don't see that anymore so i think wow would yeah I think the biggest debate in the apples to oranges here is its, it's longevity. You know, Halo 2, no, it, it's not as still relevant today. There's variants of Halo that, you know, that it's evolved from that are relevant today. But, you know, console games like this aren't meant to be relevant for 15 plus years. So I think it's a little bit unfair, you know, if your decision. Because you, you have games like Roller Coaster Tycoon wait, 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 and Sims second. that are... <clears throat> You, Breaking up? Yeah, you yeah. broke up like crazy yeah. right there, and then you oh, were sorry. in a roller coaster segment. I have no <laughs> idea. What you're I'm, I'm sorry, man. So, like, I, I think it's unfair um, to knock Halo Two because it doesn't have the longevity of a World of Warcraft. You've got games like The Sims and Roller Coaster Tycoon that are still relevant today and getting big sales, and they're not on this list. It's not always about. You know, Halo 2, those kind of games aren't meant to have, you know, 15-year, you know, life cycles. You know, whereas World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft isn't even the most dominant PC games. You know, you got PUBG, Minecraft, and Diablo 3 all dwarf World of Warcraft in, in, in all-time sales, despite World of Warcraft being around a lot longer. So while it had a massive impact, it's a huge game. Um, you know, I, I think we're putting a little bit too much weight in... In that particular aspect of the game. No chance. That, listen. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's, you have to take that into account when you're talking. We're talking about, of all these games on this list, we're talking about which one of them stands head and shoulders above the rest. World sure. of Warcraft came out in 2004, the same year that Halo 2 came out, and it is still relevant. There are <laughs> still millions of people playing this game. Yeah, I, I don't know what its concurrent player base is, but I'm willing to bet there's over a million players on it every single day. And, and I don't know if that's a lot, a little, or if I'm underselling it, if I'm overselling it, what. But my point is, is the game is is obviously not as big as it was when it came out, but the fact that there are still millions and millions and millions of people playing this. Like, my buddies uh, haven't played in a while. Uh, didn't know each other, met up with each other for the first time, and both found out that they played World of Warcraft and like bonded over that. And now they're playing World of they're like leveling characters together and everything. Like that game has a serious draw. It has power that a lot of other games don't have, and it's it's created such a uh like its lore is is so like ingrained in i feel like it's one of the richest lures in in video game that there is and the fact that you know they have you know whole they'll have broadcasts set up for this game just for pve like um teams facing against each other just to see who can like beat bosses the quickest and and people are tuning in to see this it's 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 crazy that like even to this day people are still watching people run through 
dungeons that are years and years old. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man, this this game has a power unlike anything on this list. Definitely don't think anyone's you know de- denying that. Certainly, um, yeah, it's you know it's this is uh, this is why we. Uh, I thought this was a great idea, you know, so we could have these debates um, and kind of try to weigh all this and reconcile things that are hard to reconcile. So, um, <laughs> Adam, uh, you want to offer up, uh, you know, uh, any kind of input, and then uh, we, you know, we'll have to vote and move on here uh, pretty quickly. But um, yeah, anything else you want to add? Yeah, no, I mean, WoW's a big deal and people play it, but like the way the structure of WoW doesn't interest me at all. I mean. I feel like other games have done it better just because people still play it well. I mean, I'm not going to deny what it did and how good it is, but that structure in that particular game is boring. Like, we got to get 60 people to do full-time WoW so we can do a raid. I'm good. Um, I just enjoy Halo more. I enjoy that sort of game more, and I think it's a more fun game to play. Like, if you sat down somebody, it's like, hey, I'm going to give you two video games. Tell me if one more fun. Nine out of ten people are going to say Halo 2 is more fun. Let me just sit down and play this game for an hour. Which one's more fun? So, um, that's, oh, that's good. it's true. I mean, unless you, it's <laughs> WoW's a full time job. That's how what it is. There's but nothing that's, wrong with that's it. where it's the fun good. is. That's yeah. the fun of WoW is 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 that grind and getting that gear and getting that team together and fucking. That's assuming that someone wants to grind. That isn't just oh, because well, millions that's what and the millions fun of is. people yeah. do. It means that people watch wow. Transformers. It doesn't mean it's good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, but you know, it's that there's a difference between that and people shelling out money constantly every month to continuously play no. this game. Again, I, I do understand that it's good, but at this point, I'm just coming down to personal preference. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Halo because I just don't like Division. Is honestly the only grindy game that I enjoy. I don't like Destiny. I don't like WoW. I don't like EverQuest. I don't. It's really only the Division. That's because it doesn't feel as grindy. But that's just all right. all right so i guess that's a good segue so uh zach i'm, I'm guessing we've uh, swayed your opinion can i put you down for halo 2 no i'm, I'm kidding yeah, I, I know where your vote is i know where adams is i'm pretty sure i know uh george you're going halo 2 oh yeah okay bobby world of warcraft man leaving it to me eh it feels I just, good, I, it's it, I, I mean i understand the argument but wow is even if you talk to someone who's never played video games it it they would say probably World of Warcraft more than they would Halo 2. I just think that... Uh, I would agree. I, I think I might agree that World of Warcraft might be common person, but I, I gotta agree with Adam's point that if you put both games in front of the typical person, they're gonna opt to play Halo 2. Yeah, that, that, and, and that's now... But that's too, not a fair I mean, argument. That's not, so, yeah. that's, all right, well, hey, we gotta move on. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We can argue about this, this one was uh, better than the Sonic. Oh, but um, I, you know, I, either way, two people are going to hate me here. Um, I feel like you know, oh, man, this is a tough choice. Um, cultural relevance is almost a wash. Although Wow did have a South Park episode, you know, and Halo uh, didn't. But um, <laughs> I, I personally, I think I have to because at the end of the day, like I consider myself a console gamer. Um, oh, no. And I, like, I just, uh, you know, I have a tremendous amount of fondness and admiration uh, for what Halo 2, for console gaming, for shooters. Like, I mean, yes, Halo Combat Evolved kind of modernized what the, like a twin stick, uh, you know, first person shooter would be. But Halo 2 kind of basically perfected that, propelled everything in the next gen. So I, I think I have to go Halo 2, but it, it's, you know, uh, 
like 51% of me versus 49%. Like, you know, I just, I can't even believe it. This to me is, is such a <laughs> yeah, bigger upset than, than Sonic, Sonic yeah, Oba. Oba. This is ah, crazy. I can't this believe is, Halo's beating World of Warcraft. Yeah. World of Warcraft is literally the biggest game ever. There is nothing bigger than World of Warcraft. I just <laughs> don't even understand before? how it's not going to wipe every. Yeah. I, I seriously thought this game was going to win. I this did is too, all in yeah. my mind. Minecraft is Minecraft has sold three times as many copies as World of Warcraft and PUBG. But yeah, but at the same time, that, that means nothing. That means like Minecraft. All right, fellas, 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 we got we got to move on. <laughs> it, it's the, the same cast. argument. No, no, no. But hold on, it's the same. It's the same argument Adam brought up though. So if if you sat someone down, would they rather play Minecraft or Halo Two? Depends on what age they are, honestly. If you give somebody a fully leveled person with a forty man team and you're gonna go raid in in, in you know the it's, it's like and then you give them just Halo two. Like you can't just give somebody a level one character and wow and be like, All right, compare the two of these, which one's more fun? Zach, yeah. I love I love you, buddy. It's, it's okay, man. It's fine. This is how we felt last week with Sonic Two and, and yes. It's fine, yes. man. It's gonna happen. This means that this was a good idea, you know? So <laughs> we're going to move on to, uh, to the next matchup. I totally respect. I think that you all valid points have been made on both sides, and uh, really it was not easy for me to make the decision. So I think on a given day, like you could probably sway, like, uh, you know, sway me either way, honestly. But um, I got to go with my gut. My gut says Halo 2. Um, but so uh, next matchup here for the, <laughs> for the modern uh, bracket, we've got Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto, excuse me, 5 versus Dark Souls. Um, <clears throat> So I suppose I'll kick off the uh, discussion here. Um, I mean, Grand Theft Auto Five. We talked about it, I think, last week, uh, consistently uh, in the NPD charts in the top ten. We'll fall off a little bit here or there, but usually makes its way back up. Sometimes we'll be like as high as like four or five still, which is crazy. Um, as constantly supported online mode, uh, which is spectacular including kind of their own version of raids with the heists uh, and then all kinds of wacky, zany fun, like the stunt races, the Tron cycles. I mean, and of course, one of the best video game campaigns, if I can uh, give you my honest opinion there, um, you know, probably to come out in uh, this generation. Uh, really, really interesting, complex, three different protagonists. Still a lot of things to innovate. On the other hand, as you guys know by now, I'm a tremendous fan of, Dark Souls, I think it's a masterclass of level design, boss design. Um, it's a game that, uh, you know, for we tell somebody how old it is, uh, you, you know, set them down to play it, they'd probably be shocked. Um, just, you know, that because it, it does hold up so well. And uh, I think it's kind of become, you know, a badge of honor. Obviously, there's a lot of debate right now about difficulty in games, but um, it, you know, became a badge of honor, remains a badge of honor. Um, you know, people doing uh, everything from just beating it to beating it without taking a hit and then beating every other goddamn game in that series without taking a hit. Um, it kind of becomes, you know, a, a, a platform in and of itself to do challenging and crazy shit in a game that's already very, very difficult. Um, I uh, I will be uh, honest that uh, kind of I, at surface glance, um, I would say that, you know, Grand Theft Auto here, because of its just overwhelming financial success and long-term support um you know uh, appears to be kind of like the, the clear winner here but i would remind everybody as you're kind of stopping to consider that dark souls has just an amazing legacy and it is a game that for all intents and purposes should have been you know should have kind of remained a cult 
following cult favorite game and has sort of permeated into popular culture to the point where um you know th that's a game that you mentioned i was i played on my break on my switch because i'm sick and I, I can never get enough of that game and uh you know casual people that don't game at all walk by and say like what are you playing i tell them i'm playing dark souls and they go is that the game that's like really hard like yep that's the one you've you've heard of it so um i think it has cultural relevance of a different kind you know certainly but uh, all right i'll turn the mic over to somebody else that's kind of my 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 two cents on those two games I'll go quickly here. You know, I got just a couple quick thoughts. I don't want to take too much time. I don't think this should be as heated as the prior one. I think uh, this is like a good test, a good battle between, I think, Grand Theft Auto is the ultimate casual player's game with Dark Souls, the ultimate hardcore uh, players. Uh, unfor unfortunately for me, the, dark, um, the hardcore player base is the much smaller player base. Uh, I don't think Dark Souls has the appeal that, that Grand Theft Auto has to the majority of, of gamers. I mean, everybody has those couple friends that just have like a PlayStation or an Xbox and like two or three games, and that's it. And that's all they'll ever have. But of those games, Grand Theft Auto always seems to be one. Everybody always picks up whatever latest Grand Theft Auto, and this one just keeps sticking around. Um, that's kind of what sets it off for me. Um, you know, Grand Theft Auto just has much more mainstream appeal, can targets a much bigger audience, and... Longevity is there as well. Oh, man. All those arguments could have been said about World of Warcraft. Yes, here we are. Anyway. <laughs> Move past it. Um, no, I, I, Grand Theft Auto V, uh, there's not much more I think that we can say about it. That, that game's a juggernaut. It's so much fun to play. It's so much fun to watch stupid compilation videos of. You know, it's, it's so much fun to watch people race on these crazy tracks and so much fun to race on those crazy tracks that like you said the heists are like little mini raids the way you gotta you know go in and the teamwork's really all gotta be there and everything and then like you said it's got one of the best single player campaigns the way that they weaved um you know the storytelling into the three characters especially on the missions where you played it, it would like zoom in and out to all three characters in one mission like uh, like when you were in the helicopter sniping, like that whole mission was so awesome and um, like so much fun, like genuinely fun. Like I had a smile on my face the whole time I was playing. That. The game is just so, so good. It's got three of the most memorable characters as well. It's, it's, you know, I think, and, and, and Dark Souls is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Every, every reason that you said is you know that it's good is is 100 percent true it's true it is it is now a cultural phenomenon but to a different degree and it's uh you know not ever gonna reach the level of you know hype that grand theft auto has like grand theft auto 6 is gonna is gonna be a big deal you know, the next from software game is just gonna be cool so and i don't mean it like that but like you know what i'm saying so that's grand theft auto 5 is the easy pick Bobby Adam, mm, yeah, I mean, there's no real argument here. Like Dark Souls, <laughs> I, I like to shit on Dark Souls a lot just to make fun of people who like Dark Souls. But I mean, it's a good game. But like, it's GTA Five. It's like let's let's be real here. Like, it's one of the biggest games ever of all time, and everybody likes it. Like, it's it's easy to wrap your head around. And as good as Dark Souls is for the people who are hardcore and like Dark Souls, like it's not an easy game to grasp. And the fan base is nearly, I mean, damn near no fan base is as big as GTA 5. And I just, I put 100 hours into GTA 5 and I put about four hours into Dark Souls. So, 
I mean, that's just what I'm going to, you know, it's pretty obvious what I'm going to do. Agreed. Uh, Grand Theft Auto is, it's created its own thing that just keeps on going. I mean, it's uh, Rockstar is exactly that. It's Rockstar. I can't do Dark Souls. I've tried. I don't have the patience. I don't even like tutorials. So it would be like an ongoing tutorial for me. And it would just, so I'm just going to just, yeah, great. And that that's my vote as well. Um, <clears throat> I just you know wanted to kind of present the the, uh, the two sides of the coin. Um, you know, Grand Theft Auto is a, is a pretty hard behemoth to uh, to overcome. And uh, I mean, I think you know one of the things that makes Rockstar Rockstar is that yes, in a lot of ways they iterate. You know, and that like you you like even though we know nothing about Grand Theft Auto Six where it's set. Um, you know uh the story or anything like all of us can close our eyes and imagine what it kind of is going to look like but yet rockstar will still surprise the fuck out of all of us when it comes out you know there will be some innovative new feature it's obviously it'll look gorgeous um and you know they just they make living breathing worlds better than anybody else um and then uh of course uh if you want to just goof off there's that too so yeah that's my vote as well but you know i gotta give my boy uh Dark Souls, some love. So, all right, let's move on to. Sweep. Yep, that's a clean sweep. Let's move on to the next round. We got God of War versus Red Dead Redemption Two. I oh, think this might be a pretty heated uh, debate, and I don't mean that you know necessarily anyone's going to have uh, a, a super strong opinion over the other. I just mean I think it's going to be tough to calm down. There's going to be a lot of things to take into consideration here. So, whoever wants to kick it off, hop right in. All right, so. Every, I think, you know, by now my love for Red Dead Redemption 2 is very evident. Um, I have also very much love God of War, and I'm going to speak on, on God of War first. Um, it, is, it is one of the best video games literally ever made. That game is so well designed. The fact that that whole game is one shot from beginning to end is absolutely mind-boggling. And not only is it one shot, it's one brilliant fucking shot. From beginning to end, that game is a masterpiece. And it deserves every award that it got. It deserves more. It deserves to have its praises sung so high. And I'm so glad that this game exists. I'm so glad that they were able to take Kratos and humanize him and, you know, bring him down to earth, so to speak. And, you know, watching him build this relationship with his son is is literally it's like playing a movie. Like I I I was enamored the whole time when I wasn't playing that game. I thought about going home and playing that game. I wanted to see what was going to happen. I I needed to see if you, what God's Kratos was going to fight. I needed to see what, what giant creatures was going to come out next and everything. And it's it's. It's just, it's so well done. But Red Dead Redemption 2 is, I, I can't even put into words to describe to me how perfect this game is. This is literally like a video game in every sense of the word. In every direction that you go, you can find something cool. In every direction that you go, you can do something. You can interact with literally every single character in this game. The animals, the people. You can see snow melting on a rock in the sunlight. Like, that's insane. And the characters, Arthur Morgan, I think, will go down as the greatest video game protagonist ever. He is so well acted. His 
the way that he develops over time of that, like in the story, like it's, it's truly like so incredible to watch. It's one of the best stories told in any medium ever, I, I believe. And it's just that game, everything, every award that God of War got would have been Red Dead Redemptions this year had God of War not come out. But God of War was such a new step, like a, a bold new step in a direction for a franchise that was not at all known for that emotional kind of storytelling. And I feel like, you know, that's one of the main reasons why it, it took it over Red Dead. Um, but like I said, if, if God of War came out last year or next year, every award that it got Red Dead probably would have achieved. And that's saying something for Red Dead as well. And it's it's the best ever. Man, I I can totally be swayed here. I, I really don't know which way I'm going to vote right now. Um, I mean, the, these these are two works of art, in my opinion. And this is literally splitting hairs. It's probably the worst matchup that we'll have here. Uh, this could easily be the finals. Um, for me, God of War was a game that's probably the only game on PlayStation that I've gotten the 100% on. Uh, Red Dead Redemption was just an amazing story. Um, I think God of War presented more of a challenge. I think Red Dead Redemption 2 was easier. But I don't know. Uh, I, I hate to put value on this, but Red Dead Redemption was available to a lot more people. You know, uh, It was a PS4 and an Xbox One game, not just an exclusive. And there's something to be said about that, too. Um, but you know everything that you just mentioned, I'm I'm 100% in agreement with. I just really don't know which way I'm going to go. So I'm hoping someone here makes it a little easier for me. Hmm. I will say these are again. This is a crazy matchup. Either one of these could win. They're both Marvels technically in different ways. Like I said, the one shot for God of War and just the entire world in Red Dead. Uh, the gameplay is great in both. You know we already talked about like the challenge of the Valkyrie fights and then. Just how intricate you can get with Red Dead. To me, it's going to just come down to characters. And Kratos is a thousand times better in this one than he was before. But Arthur Morgan is the only character I've actually like had a connection with. And then they hit you with nostalgia because John Marston's in the game as well. Just like, as a man, I've only teared up at like two things. And it's like um, that moment in um, Remember the Titans whenever they're singing about their dead friend. And then at the end of Red Dead Redemption 2 with... Uh, the stuff with Arthur Morgan. So just based on characters alone like that, that puts it way over the top for me. So that's how I feel. Yeah. Arthur I, I, is the man. And John, John's amazing too. And Dutch just has one more plan. Let's just remember, no spoilers, Bobby hasn't played it yet. Yeah, oh, well, he's never going to play it. So I was about to give one out. <laughs> oh my. Nothing, that game deserves to be experienced with as little spoilers as possible. Yeah, I would, I would agree. And, I guess what I'll add to the discussion is, you know, uh, so on the one hand, you have God of War, which despite being in, a, in a, a very epic feeling world is a pretty small game in terms of, like it feels intimate, right? It's an intimate story about a father and, and son. You know, the cast of characters is really relatively small in that game. You hear a lot about a lot about a lot of people, but you see very few. Uh, and I think that plays um, to the game's, you know, uh, strengths you know i think that enhances the experience for me anyway i i i like that you have this big strange world that uh, you know that felt intimate because of the story that they were telling on the other hand <clears throat> you have red dead redemption 2 which is telling uh, i mean it, it is the equivalent of an epic you know it is the ben-hur it is the the good the bad and the ugly uh it, it 
is massive in every sense of the word the, the size of the world the cast of characters the story that they're telling uh or all the stories within the story that they're telling there are, are so many different subplots and interesting things going on in that game and uh you know i'm surprised nobody's mentioned it yet but you gotta love dutch vanderlyn his journey i think is as interesting as arthur's in a lot of ways uh and the way that you you see him sort of try to reconcile the things that he's doing and explain it and justify it to these people that you know i think he does genuinely care about um but kind of watching all of that unfold and where it ends up um in, in particular again no spoilers there's a moment towards the very end in the epilogue um that recontextualizes so much about what you know happened in the original red dead game like it made me pause and really reconsider um some of the the things that i kind of thought when i was playing through that game um uh both i think games as you guys have mentioned are tremendous technical achievements uh beautiful games to look at uh fantastic music in both of them really like i'm a big fan of of you know video game music and um i, I like the scores for two very different reasons um yeah i mean this is somewhat of a cruel uh matchup to be to be honest um but i guess we're all gonna have to pick in a moment uh, Bobby, I know you haven't played Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, you played God of War, though? I did, I did. And it's funny to the point that it like didn't get to enough people because it was only on PlayStation. I think that that says more about exclusives, but that's a whole other thing because Spider-Man and Baba, other games that have been great and they're only on PlayStation. But it, it's my thing is it it was personal to me because I didn't have a relationship with my father. So it was like uh, God of War was kind of like what I felt like my life should have been like, sort of. Well, my dad's not a guy. Yeah, but he, uh, it, it's, <laughs> it was just, it felt more like I haven't felt that way about a game. Like it emotionally connected to me, like not just for the character uh, Kratos, but like the situation, like the, it, it just, it, I mean, everything was great. It was just the whole storyline. It made you feel the whole time. Like it, there really weren't that many breaks besides the fighting scenes where you weren't thinking about the game or the story or Kratos is his son, like what's going to happen next. And it's like, I haven't had that since uncharted that it was just a storyline that just kept me engaged the whole time where I just wanted to keep playing it. Uh, like horizon zero dawn. Like it's just, it, the, the story mode was just that great and just touched me personally, which video games <laughs> usually do. Uh, but just to see the father and son situation, uh, and it, it sadly what hit me the most is even him calling away. Like it was that even like hit me again because my dad wasn't around. So it's like I don't even know what my dad would call me if he was around. So it was like just <laughs> hearing boy kind of like it was just all personal to me. So for me, I know I haven't played Red Dead, and I will uh, after uh, the division servers die. I will will play Red Dead, uh, but it, it God of War just touched me it, it, in a personal way, and that's why it's it's just it was an amazing game. It it was my game of the year when it came out. I just I thought it was fantastic. Well, I will I'll go ahead and vote next because I think I have made up my mind, and then I will let you guys uh, cast your votes here, and we got to move on. Um, uh, I'm gonna vote Red Dead Redemption two, and I can pin it down to one moment for me. Uh, really, well, two moments that are linked together, okay? Um, as you may have heard on podcasts and things, uh, Bobby, um, 
the game is a little finicky in a lot of ways in that um, you, it expects you to take your time, right? So I was in a bar and uh, a saloon and I was attempting to order a drink. And instead, I, uh, I hit the button for punch and I punched a, a patron. And the next thing I know, there's this huge bar brawl that's breaking out. And I'm like running through the wing doors. I'm like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, you know, these guys are chasing me and I'm punching them back and just trying to get to my horse and fuck off out of town. Um, you know, I've got a bounty on me. Uh, so I come back to town after the bounties paid off, mind you, right? There's no heat on me. Uh, I, hours later, and I walk into the saloon for something, uh, I think, quest related, um, or maybe to talk to a quest giver or something like that. And the bartender, uh, looks me dead in the eye, like, and, you know, points his finger at me and he's like, are you going to behave this time? Like, are you going to start any more shit? Um, he knew, and the game remembered that I had, you know, accidental though it was, I'd started a huge fucking brawl. And uh, that's not a scripted moment. That's not something that, um, you know, uh, I could have predicted or would have even expected. It was an emergent moment. And the game is full of things like that. And I think that, for me, edges it out a little bit, you know, pound for pound, everything else we've talked about, story, acting, music. I think those things are, are equal on all other footings. But in terms of innovation, for just the little things that matter that made me really go like holy fuck like this is where we're getting to in video games i think that's why red dead redemption is going to get my vote so i'm I'm locking it in yep i'm voting red dead as well yeah i mean i, I think that's sealed it i think I, I got a good idea of where everybody stood based off of their discussion um you know it's splitting hairs for me the rise and fall of all the characters in red dead are just incredible um I'm going to go with just God of War. I thought it was a little bit more challenging. It required, a, a, you know, a little bit more skill to play it, to get through it, especially on the harder difficulties. But, I mean, splitting hairs here. I'll go God of War. Bobby? I <laughs> I, I definitely, uh, I, I know this is a lot on Adam, but I definitely, I think God of War, just from overall perception of, like, seeing things as a, like, because I didn't play Red Dead, I know that they were both up for the game of the year. And somehow God of War won, and I, as I said, I haven't played it, but I I still have to go God of War. Yeah, and like you, like uh, George said, it's splitting hairs, but at this point, it's just because I like Arthur more than Kratos. As much as Kratos is cool, and I like that relationship because I have a son, but I'm just like, God, I fucking love Arthur. If I knew him in real life, I would give him a firm handshake and kiss him on the cheek because <laughs> he's the best guy. So yeah, I had to go Red Dead, and the only fact is because of Arthur. That's the only thing that puts it over the edge for me. Yeah, All right. Arthur is literally the man. Not even mad. Split decision. Yeah, that's a hard one, man. I mean, uh, another one where I feel like on a given day, like you probably could have swayed me one way or the other, but eventually we all have to take a stand in this tournament. So Red Dead advances. All right. Um, final matchup of the modern side of the bracket, we have Uncharted 3 versus Mass Effect 2. I'll let somebody else start off the discussion here. Yeah, I can start off. Um, you should have put Uncharted 2. Maybe it would have won. <laughs> Mass Effect. No, Uncharted is great, of course. Everyone, I do like Uncharted 2 more than 3. But Mass Effect was that series, and especially 2 was that game, that this was like, hey, Star Wars movies haven't been good very lately. You know, like, we, we need some. This is Bioware, peak Bioware, making a sci-fi game when sci-fi wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Um, just the character, the relationships alone, like Garrus and Jax and Tali and like, God, man, those characters are so good. And 
again, Uncharted is amazing, but we're doing Uncharted 3 against Mass Effect 2. So in this particular one, like the writing and characters and gameplay, I just I love Mass Effect so much. And 2 is the fa- my favorite one of them all. So, I mean, we're not voting yet, but you can tell where I'm leaning. So, yeah, it's uh, it's all about that Mass Effect. Even though I say it feels unfair because we have an Uncharted. This is the only Uncharted game we have on here. But like Mass Effect 2 was like one of the biggest things that came out during that whole generation. So again, this comes down to character for me. Like if you can make me care about these people in this game, you're, you're probably going to get my vote most of the time. So that's, that's where I'll leave that one. I'll jump on that, man. Mass Effect two is probably my favorite experience that I've had ever. Uh, it just holds a special place in my heart. Um, you know, the suicide mission is, is something like no other in, in, in those games, seeing if all of your decisions, everything that you've done, all your preparations, uh, really had you ready to go for that suicide mission, and and if you you know didn't look anything up, um, you really weren't sure if you did enough. Um, it's just such an awesome game. Uh, it's a shame how this the the fo- the follow up turned out, but um, Mass Effect Two, um, I think this is an easy discussion for me. Yeah, I'll jump right in and say Mass Effect Two, and leave it at that. I'd like to save all of my defense for the next round that it advances to. <laughs> Uh, so I'll uh, throw my two cents in. Uh, this again is pretty easy for me. As my, I adore Uncharted. Let me just preface that I adore Uncharted, but I think you could even put Uncharted two against Mass Effect three. And even though the ending was a shit show of Mass Effect three, um, I still feel like ninety five percent of that game is just is incredible. It's elevated to a level that I don't think Uncharted ever touches. Like I think Uncharted is my favorite popcorn flick it's my favorite summer blockbuster like it is sheer joy that you know it's fun um it's exciting you know it's charming but uh mass effect to me is is, is deep um in every way possible storytelling mechanics um you know the the world the lore um and mass effect 2 is the the best of all of that um and uh, yeah i don't think there's ever been a cast of characters that i cared more about as george said that uh, that suicide mission um, I was genuinely terrified that somebody was going to die because I, I didn't want anybody to die. I'd spent so much time getting to know these characters and, and liking them, and they rounded out my crew, and uh, I was going to be genuinely upset if uh, anybody died. Thankfully, they did. So, um, yeah, I'll just go ahead and cast my vote to, for time and say, yep, Mass Effect 2, easy choice for me. I think I'm just on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't get half of everybody's decisions. I, I don't. I, it, it, Nathan Drake. I don't understand. It just, that was like, that's PlayStation's, like, I, I want to say, like, main person besides Kratos now. It, I, it don't matter. Uncharted. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, I, I, I don't deny that don't Nathan Drake's it. a great character. He's charming, but um, at the end of the day, he's Indiana Jones, a little bit of Han Solo. Like, he's fun. He's great. But I don't think there's anything in Uncharted that, like, I don't know, that, that surpasses you know uh the same its counterpart in mass effect it's enjoyable there's no doubt about it and they're great classic games but i mean you're playing yeah. it's it's up against uh I, I, you know unfortunately for me like a series like i said that's like i said a different class you know this would be like i don't know man fucking heavyweight versus featherweight you know in my opinion. wow that's this is amazing <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> my god that that now see that's a little that's <laughs> Nathan My Drake God. is a great character, but in Mass Effect, I'm the great character, and that—that's what what does it in for me. And I'm surrounded <laughs> by great characters too, man. Like yes. Sully's great, yes. Like Elena's pretty good, um, you know. But like, I don't know. Like, but you're not going on a journey with him to become 
fucking, you know, uh, the Reapers or not, and shit <laughs> like that, like going on that mission with with Grunt to so he could, you know, become a, a Krogan and and all that. Man, like that's so that was so good. Like all all those all those um, individual side missions for each one of your you know your um party members was just so good like being able to learn about all those characters individually what made them tick and every it's like like i said it, it really made that suicide mission probably one of the most tense things i've ever done in a video especially when i did it on the insanity yep. so like it's it's so so good that it, and I, like you said uncharted's great it really is but it's in terms of like mass effect will uh man just I think stand the test of time, I would say better than Uncharted, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's probably a little more complicated debate, but I'll just throw this no, out. Not here, man. gameplay and everything uh, like that and all that. I just story wise, maybe, yeah. Fun, for fondness, I feel like, you know, it's there's a more dedicated fan base to Mass Effect, which will uh, make the memory of Mass Effect live on longer than the memory of Uncharted. Plus, I will say, in Uncharted, it doesn't let me choose if I'm going to fuck Sully or Elena. So, like, <laughs> to me, that is totally a joke, by the way. Hey, Uncharted, Uncharted never inspired a porn parody. And if your game doesn't inspire a porn oh, parody. Oh, I'm sure. No. I, I, I wish somebody should fact check that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. In a private browser window. But, yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, I, we we got to move on to, uh, to the... Um, to the retro side here um and uh to as a reminder of where we stand here in the uh the lineup the matchups rather uh, we have pokemon red and blue versus chrono trigger castlevania symphony of the night versus tetris sonic 2 versus super mario world donkey kong country versus super smash bros so let's start <coughs> off with Pokemon versus Chrono Trigger. Pokemon Red and Blue specifically. Um uh Chrono Trigger is great. It's amazing. I absolutely love it. Probably one of my favorite RPGs of all time, especially of that era. Pokemon Red and Blue started a phenomenon that's gone on for 20 years. You guys continue the argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agreed. I could I could list all the arguments that you guys had in favor for World of Warcraft and just plug them into Pokemon because I can do that. So <laughs> Pokemon's an easy decision for me. It's a huge game. I love Chrono Trigger, probably my favorite JRPG of all time. But, you know, Pokemon's just a, it's too big of a juggernaut for Chrono Trigger to overcome. And I say on... Oh, you're breaking <laughs> up a little bit, Bobby. Uh, Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon, it, it came out at the same time. They created the card game. It just all inspired way, way too much Pokemon over Chrono Trigger. Zach, you want to go next, buddy? I was muted. So, um, I'm going to go with, I'm not go with, I'm just going to say, think, yeah, what I'm going with. Pokemon, um, I think is, um, I think did for, I guess, the handheld market what WoW did for the PC market. <laughs> you know, I'm just, in terms of like how, how, like, how big that is, like, Pokemon is a worldwide phenomenon worldwide you could go almost probably you know anywhere and they're gonna know pokemon and it's it's such a such a big deal and those games mean so much to so many people and it's you know they're still being made to this day and they're still a huge deal like it's a big deal this eighth gen pokemon game coming out like people are are 
genuinely super, super stoked about. And I just think, um, you know, it all started right there with, with, with red and blue and, you know, those games, like I said, hold so many fond memories for so many people. Not that Chrono Trigger doesn't because it absolutely does. I just feel like Pokemon reached such a wider audience that it, 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 it manages to knock Chrono Trigger off. It's off, you know, this for me, just because of, um, how many people it reached and, and how successful it was and, you know, how successful it still is because of those two games and everything. So it's, it's an easy. Yep, and um, this is going to be another unanimous decision. I'm Pokemon. Oh, well, I didn't vote yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm, you're going uh, Pokemon? Honestly, I'm going to go Chrono Trigger because I do feel it's the better game. I mean, they're both RPGs and it's better, but I'm not uh, mad about Pokemon uh, winning clearly because like it's Pokemon. Like I'm not silly, but I do think Chrono Trigger is a better RPG for sure. But again, Pokemon winning, I'm not mad. Like it makes sense. So. And, you know, where I come down on it, too, is like it's, it speaks volumes that I could probably name at least 60 of the original Pokemon. I've never played Pokemon Red and Blue. Like, I just that's how far that has permeated into popular culture. Uh, the fact that you could trade Pokemon, um, I think, was awesome, you know, for something so early. And uh, yeah, I mean, just the, the mechanics of that, right, to have an RPG where instead of collecting uh, gear and weapons, you're collecting, you know, actual you know, for lack of a better word, I guess, party members in a way, you know, animal party members that had their own set of abilities. And there was, you know, literally over a hundred of them. So uh, definitely um, uh, undeniable um, how innovative and, uh, you know, uh, influential that game still continues to be. So, yep, Pokemon games. And I apologize, Adam. I thought when you were saying your, your uh, spot, you would basically said, yep, Pokemon, uh, that's easy. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> no, my, no, you're good. my bad, man. Um, okay, well... Let's move on to the uh, the next round. We have Castlevania Symphony of the Night versus uh, Tetris. So um, yeah, anyone who want to jump in first, uh, by all means. Okay, I'll go. I, I, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of experience with Castlevania on my end. Uh, I know that it was, you know, it was a, like you said last week. I think you pretty much covered everything that we could cover on Castlevania last week. It was it, it was huge, still bringing back that retro style of gaming in the you know what was the newer gen. But I mean, Tetris is probably one of the biggest games of all time. I think just about everyone on this planet knows what Tetris is. Everyone on this planet is capable of playing Tetris. Um, you know, it's just such a the ultimate puzzle game. I mean, you know, it, it's going to be an easy one for me. Mm, I will go ahead. You're right. Tetris is one of the best games ever made, for sure. I mean, there's no doubt, no doubt in that. Um, I just Castlevania Symphony of Night is something completely. It was just sort of like the opposite of the uh, Dark Souls and GTA one, where it's like so many play GTA and Dark Souls is more hardcore thing. And it's the that of that sort of game. Castlevania Symphony of the Night is the best one of those. Um, so I mean, Tetris makes sense. This is one again. I'm not mad about probably losing, but. Yeah, I'm going to go Castlevania just because if you want that sort of game, it is the perfect one of those games. So I'll vote for Castlevania, but I'm not worried about the outcome either way because I understand. All right. Excellent. And uh, Bobby, um, would you like to? Yeah, Tetris. uh, I've played Castlevania and it's but Tetris is like one of those cultural phenomenons. It just keeps coming back. And uh, yeah, Tetris, that's my vote. Even though we're not voting, I'll say that. (laughs) <laughs> so we don't have another Adam situation. <laughs> fair play, fair play. I'll put it out there first. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's an, again, this is an interesting debate for me. Um, not as agonizing as some of the choices, but I do, 
you know, I would pause for a second and say that, um, you know, not only is uh, Castlevania the best of that type of game, I mean, it along with Super Metroid, you know, uh, basically created a genre, you know, the Metroidvania style uh, game, which, you know, for anyone listening that doesn't know what that means, it's the idea that you start off and uh, you're very limited and where you can move on a map because you lack uh, very obviously some ability or piece of equipment that will allow you to go somewhere. You can kind of see somewhere that you will get to eventually, uh, right? So you go where you can go, uh, you unlock an ability, which now opens up the map a little bit more and going into that new area, you will fight a boss, you'll get another ability or piece of equipment. Now the map opens up just a bit more and you're sort of crisscrossing and backtracking and going through and filling in the map with different abilities. So, um, Again, that along with Super Metroid pretty much cemented that genre, which continues to be very, very popular today. You've got modern examples like Guacamelee and Guacamelee 2, uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. There's so many games that have um, tried to kind of recreate that magic or iterate on that magic. On the other hand, I mean, you have Tetris, right, which is a game that persists. Um, it, it remains the best-selling video game of all time. Uh, Tetris, I believe, let me pull up my notes here. Yeah, 170 million copies sold and counting granted you know it did release um you know june 6 1984 and i don't know if that number this is from wikipedia if that includes you know uh versions like um the tetris effect and whatnot but um i think that speaks volumes as well that a game can you know sell that many copies and still be popular i love tetris 99 i love tetris effect and i like just good old plain fashion tetris man push comes to shove um if i you know, need a game that I can count on bringing pretty much on any platform and know that I'll enjoy playing. Like I can always open up Tetris and have a great time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think this is sort of tough because you do have two pioneering games in a lot of ways that are very different from one another. But yeah, I mean, I'm going to hold off on uh, casting my vote here until we hear from uh, Mr. Zach. Zach, you still there, buddy? Okay, I know Zach uh, had mentioned that he was going to step away from the mic here uh, in the uh, the text chat um while he is out i know what his vote is uh, i'll see if i can stall for a little bit of time does anybody else want to add anything to the discussion or do you guys want to start the voting process i mean i think everything needs to be said i guess we can vote we do have his vote and hopefully he'll come back soon but yeah we've got his vote so i castlevania for me tetris tetris for me, tetris for me as well all right uh zach is going to um vote for uh, tetris as am i um, you know, it's, uh, as much as Castlevania, Symphony Night is fantastic. And I love that genre of game. Um, uh, again, I looking, I guess it all comes down to right what, where you want to weigh in and how you want to evaluate the games. But I feel like Tetris is, a you know, uh, just a totally qualified success pretty much in every way, shape or form, persistence in popular culture, uh, number of copies sold, um, you know, just, uh, the accessibility, that's a game that you can you know understand fairly quickly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's where I've got to come down on it ultimately. And I think Zach is back. If you want to, uh, add anything on, I did put your vote in there, uh, my friend, but if you want to weigh in on anything or add anything about Tetris, uh, by all means, um, did it, did it win? Yes. <laughs> all right, then <laughs> moving on. <laughs> okay. Uh, so moving on, we have, uh, uh Sonic two, um, just an utter dog shit of a game against one of the greatest <laughs> games of all time, super Mario world. Uh, so, uh, let's get this over with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I, I want to hear the argument so I can vote for Sonic 2 again. At the moment, of course, I'm leaning toward Mario World, but please, someone convince me so I can just upset people a little bit more. God. <laughs> Man, you better not be voting in a Sonic 2 out of spite. This game doesn't even belong in the By same... logic, last week, the worst <laughs> Mario game is better than the best Sonic game. I'm just fucking putting that out there, man. But I digress. Um, uh, look, man, I mean, Super Mario World is, in all sense of the word, I think a classic. It is arguably the best of that series. Um, it's got secrets. It has, uh, you know, mechanics that build on themselves throughout the game. It's got some of the best level design, both in terms of, you know, just your good old-fashioned vanilla levels, the ghost houses, the fortresses with the different boss fights and mechanics there. Um, I mean, what a, I don't know, man. What, what else to say? I mean, Super Mario World, to me, is a perfect game, is a perfect platformer, and uh, it just... It, I, I don't know how anyone could even have to think about this, but that's just my two cents. Go yeah, ahead. No, I, I'm with you. I was being facetious. Oh. Like, yeah, Mario World is legit like just perfect game so i i definitely can stand by my ground why sonic 2 could beat ocarina of time but mario world is like i said a perfect game so i mean we're not voting but it's mario world (laughs) let's be honest fair enough okay (sighs) my sphincter's relaxing a little bit yeah i mean sonic 2 doesn't even deserve to be on in this (laughs) right i mean Let's be serious now. I, I agree with Chris. I mean, the, the worst Mario game is better than the best Sonic game. I mean, it's not even a, it's just, it's just not even a debate. Super Mario World was, was transcendent. I know there's a little bit of a debate between three and World, but I mean, come on, man. You, you, you can't, I mean, Sonic, just the character pales in comparison. The games pale in comparison. Um, there's just no way the fairy tale's over. It was a good run, Sonic 2. Now, you know, go hang out with Link in the back. um this is breaking my heart because i love sonic so much um and uh for me i just you know this is just me personally let me let me throw this out there before anybody goes on to rip me a new asshole here i fully believe super mario is the better game that is i think without question uh, for me personally, I just enjoyed Sonic more. Um, it's you know, more nostalgic for me. I did have a Nintendo growing up, but I had a Sega too, and I played the Sega more. But like I said, I can I can respect that Mario is the better game, and um, you know, uh, stoked that Sonic even made it this far. So. Uh, but yeah, I, I'll I want Sonic to move on, but I'll acknowledge that Super Mario. Talk. Bobby. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it's super. I mean, I love Sonic. I would love Sonic to move on, but just underdog. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, no, Super Mario. Bro. That's my vote. All right. So, uh, am I safe to to lock that in, guys? Do we really need to cast our votes? I mean, it sounds like we're all in agreement there. Uh, super Mario World is advancing, correct? Yep, yep. To go. yep, moving on. Fantastic. All right. And last but certainly not least, we uh, we have Super Smash Brothers versus Donkey Kong Country, uh, two Nintendo uh, properties that uh, were um, both uh, popular and innovative in their own respective uh, console generations. We have the platformer and fighting game, you know, uh, rolled into one with Super Smash Brothers, great cast of characters, a great showcase for Nintendo history. And then you have Donkey Kong Country, which, you know, managed to render 3D graphics into a 16-bit console. And 
added a lot of um, charm and really revitalized the Donkey Kong brand, which I feel like had probably been dormant for quite a while. Um, so yeah, let the debate uh, begin on this one. Yeah, I mean, I think Donkey Kong Country was an incredible game. Um, I think it's so, so underrated in, in history in general. I have a feeling this is going to be a landslide for Super Smash Brothers, but it's, I think it would be a shame just because of how good Donkey Kong Country was. Again, you know, 3D graphics on a 16-bit console was pretty, you know, it's, it's needless to say just how impressive that was and how revolutionary that was. Um, Super Smash Brothers was the first of its kind, um, gave us that game that we didn't know we wanted, like, like we spoke about it last week. Um, you know, I, it's, I, I think it moves on. I mean, but Donkey Kong Country is just, just so, so, so underrated. And I feel like sometimes often forgotten when talked, when talked about here. Donkey Kong Country is, I don't know how anybody can ever say after this podcast, I have no clue about anything. I definitely think that Donkey Kong Country is the better game only because it gave us a i want to say a different type of mario game like it it it, it was like mario but with donkey like it, it was a side scroller it was great like it it oh it was fantastic i donkey kong country it, even the second one with diddy it was it uh, it was a great game i smash brothers was it was awesome to see how they brought characters together that you could fight each other but to me It'll always be second to a Mortal Kombat, just because of uh, a fighting genre. Even though Tekken was great back in, but it's I love Tekken. Yeah, I know I love Tekken. It was such a good. Uh, yeah, I, guess. I don't want to run too long, but I, I will say that I I think Donkey Country is, uh, it's it's like the wow thing for me. It's I think the the Donkey Kong Country is more nostalgic, and it was actually a great game, and it is underrated. But it 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 definitely should beat Smash in this. Uh, category but that's my opinion all right i'm gonna i'm on a uh, team super smash brother um i think it's like the same thing that we said in the first round when we were having a go up three that this was a game that we all didn't know we wanted but we're all so glad exists and this game spawned in, in my opinion the greatest fighting game franchise ever um similar to when we were talking about Pokemon and I was saying that you know Generation Eight's coming out and that's a that's a huge deal. A lot of people like it's like if Pokemon like when they say Pokemon news is coming out before the game comes out, like every to their screen wanting to know what what's going on in the next Pokemon game. And then the same thing goes for Super Smash. Like they'll be like, oh, if you tune in at two o'clock, we got a new character announcement, and like everyone's there. And and this game started that all. Like that's that's how big this game is, and you know to be able to play as you know someone like Donkey Kong and you know wind up your fist and just punch the living shit out of like a Jigglypuff is so much fun, and you never knew that you wanted to do that, but now that you can, you never don't want to not be able to punch a Jigglypuff in the face. So I just think you know it's it's the whole package. It's an incredible fighting game. It's an, an awesome, you know, they had like the break the targets thing and they had a couple of other game modes. The, I don't know if the home run contest was in the first game or not, but um, there was a bunch of cool other modes that they had uh, besides just fighting and everything. But, and also talk about one of the best couch um, games to play with your friends ever. It's like, still, I, 
I bought a Wii U just to play Smash. And I know a lot of people bought a Switch just to play Smash. And a lot of people probably bought the N64 just to play Smash. Like, this game was a movement, and it's it's super special. And it's genuinely some, some of the most fun I've had playing a game, like, when at that time. It, it was, like, I, I woke up, and me and my cousins would all go sit down, and, and we would all have our mains, and we would play, and you know, talk about it and trash talk and all that. And it was just so much fun, man. Super Smash Bros. Uh, definitely uh, takes takes it over Donkey Kong here. For me. All right. Uh, Adam, do you have uh, strong opinions one way or the other or just want to? Not super strong opinions. I'll just say that, yeah, like Smash is the reason I bought two Nintendo consoles. And uh, yeah, just the couch, the four player couch co-op as a kid was awesome but i don't want to shit on Donkey Kong country because that game is legit amazing and underrated but i just the fact that i've bought two consoles based on smash brothers i gotta go for smash brothers here but which smash brothers are we talking about 64, the 64. Talking about 64. 64. Okay. but it's because i like 64 so much i bought two nintendo consoles afterwards which i immediately regretted after i played 60 hours of smash I'm like why did i buy this thing but um <laughs> yeah i mean like i said just couch co-op alone playing with friends it's all we did all day every day so i don't want to it feels bad having to, you know, possibly kill Donkey Kong, but man, that's all we did as kids. Hey, at like, least he's still in Smash. Donkey Kong exactly. Lives Donkey on. Kong is in Smash. He lives on. <laughs> but he this wouldn't is... be there if it wasn't. Yeah, this is hard for me because, um, you know, I feel like so many games try to capture the Mario magic of a side-scrolling platformer prior to Donkey Kong Country, and I feel like. Yes, I mean, even considering Sonic not to beat a dead horse, but I feel like that's a game that managed to not reinvent the wheel or try to reinvent the wheel too much, but also added a lot of cool mechanics. The minecart levels, the uh, shooting yourself through the barrels, you know, um, some of those uh, areas, uh, the ice worlds, the underwater levels even were great because you had Ungar, the, you know, the uh, the swordfish that you could ride. Um the music, uh, I, I mean, I got to tell you, I had a visceral response. I never played Tropical Freeze because I didn't have a Wii U. Uh, but I, when it came out on the Switch, I was like, well, this is a no-brainer. I love Donkey Kong Country. And the first time you go underwater there, and you actually have to dive in for the first big water level, and that water music starts, and it's from the original Donkey Kong Country, I got goosebumps because I had such a strong connection with playing that game and, and working through those levels and, and just knowing everything like the back. Of my, I still know all the secrets and, you know, that game, like when I go play through it on the SNES every couple of years, um, I will, uh, you know, undoubtedly run through and, and it's just, it's so deeply ingrained in me. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that it is, um, uh, w- one of those games that's just in the high echelon, right. Of, of platformers. And, while it's not as innovative as something like Mario, I feel like it is a great example of how you can um, iterate on a you know, genre um, and style and still have an identity all your own. Um, on the other hand, yeah, I mean, what you guys said about Super Smash Brothers, what we've been saying since last week, um, it's invented a genre by really mashing up two genres that maybe wouldn't sound like they would go together um, you know, on paper. Uh, the levels are uh, largely fantastic. The different challenge modes and minigames, the cast of characters that move sets um and that game is just you know it's fun and it's fun to play with friends it's fun to play without friends not not as fun but the different items uh that was another thing that you'd never seen in a fighting game before right you have items that would you know spawn in and uh, everything from pokeballs to lightsaber knockoffs laser swords whatever they called it 
Um, and it had, just had this rich dimension to the game um, that made it unlike anything anyone had ever played. And of course, like it persists and um, it still has a, an intense community that uh, both competitive and casual. Man, this is hard for me. This is so, 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 so hard. I think like the deciding factors come down to you more than anyone else, hasn't it? No, not necessarily. I don't think I've always I don't been know. setting vote. Yeah. I'm not, like, I'm not, not even not, decided. Not that a big deal or anything. I'm just saying, like, man, like a lot of pressure on your shoulders. Yeah, well, I, I'll cast my vote first, the official vote. We'll, we'll move into the official vote here. Um, I'm going to go Donkey Kong Country um, simply because, I, I, you know, I, I love Smash. I think it's innovative. I think it's a great game. I'm not taking anything away from that. Um, I just, I, I personally don't have as deep of a connection, uh, with it, number one. Um, and I do feel like, um, Donkey Kong Country from the start has just such an identity, uh, to me that, I don't know, it just, I think it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant game. Um, it's a hard pick, but I, I think at the end of the day, I have to go country, maybe just let my nostalgia, uh, cloud my judgment a bit, but I'm happy to, to surrender to that, uh, for this particular pick. So that's what I'm gonna go with. So I think for uh, my votes, Super Smash, and the way that I look at it, uh, this matchup specific is, so um, at the end of the day, what this whole bracket comes down to is which one of these games is the best of all the games on this list. And Donkey Kong um, moves on. All right, so this is how I look at it, and I'm saying that I'm not, pick this game i would pick smash because of the next uh bracket but like i look at the next bracket and it would be super mario world versus donkey kong country so it's like you have the master and the protege and um i feel like that's such an easy uh another easy easy win for for mario and I feel like Mario would have a much uh, harder chance going up against Smash because of what Smash has been able to do for its genre, especially this like this game. Uh, like I said, it started a movement and it started it spawned the greatest f- f- fighting franchise, in my opinion, of all time. And it that stands a chance against the best like the best fighting game against the best platformer versus the uh, the best platformer versus the game that. Uh, is around you know and because of that platformer so you know donkey kong wouldn't even be here without super mario so like i just feel like that that next matchup would be just a a landslide way too easy i think super smash bros stands a much better chance at knocking it off because of you know like i said how big that game i mean uh, i i personally you know i want to vote on the, the games that are matched up you know and not look ahead right like i feel like if we had gone the other way and done this round first, right? Like for me, that's how I would, you know, vote or look at it. Um, I did want to add to the other thing I feel like doesn't get talked about enough is the, uh, the co-op in Donkey Kong country. I forgot to add the fact that um, not only could you alternate turns, but you could tag out. So if you had a particular bit that was tricky, you could hit the, I think it's like the a button um, and you could give the controllers over to somebody who maybe could make the jump. That was a little tricky or, you know, get past a certain part and added kind of level strategy but any event um all right so uh you're super smash brother zach yeah for sure all right who wants to go next i'd like to go last i'm still not decided um put me down for smash uh you can put me down for ducky Kong. 
Oh, well, fuck me. All right. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, um, I mean, you know, I do think we might be picking either way. We're just picking who Mar- who's going to be Super Mario World's next victim. Um, I love both these games. I'm, I'm glad that it's coming down to the wire with Donkey Kong Country. It's such an underrated game, but but I put me on the spot. I've got to go with Super Smash. I, I got more out of that game personally. Um, I loved it a lot more. Um, it started a lot of fights in my household it just it just had a bigger impact for me personally so i guess i'll go with super smash my man. and i don't think anybody you know is uh like outraged by that uh that pick by the way i mean i think that's it's another one of those ones where you kind of shrug your shoulders and you're like yep i can totally see that it's hot. i mean like i said it was an agonizing pick for me personally but um but yeah that's that's totally fair all valid points really all around wow man this next round is gonna be crazy yeah so let's go through the final four on each side and then quickly we'll move into what we've been playing we're a little over but hopefully the next uh next round will be um a little bit shorter we have less games to tackle but in the uh uh, final four on the uh modern side we have halo 2 facing off against grand theft auto 5 and red dead redemption 2 versus Mass Effect 2. So it is going to be the battle of the sequels all around. On the retro side, we have Pokemon Red and Blue facing off against Tetris and Super Mario World versus Super Smash Bros. So uh, three out of four of those are Nintendo uh, properties with two of them, so half of the list being comprised of Mario games. Um, So pretty impressive. Can't wait to see and uh, have that discussion with you guys next week uh let's move in really quickly we'll keep it short and brief uh i think a lot of us have overlap here on uh, what we've been playing and then we'll jump over to our interview with uh james from the uh, rat loops uh games uh talking about lemnus gate um let's start off with uh adam let's go with you first man what what, what have you been up to yeah just real quick the only thing i've been doing division two world tier five getting to 500 i'm at 497 so nice. probably get to 500 by the end of the weekend. Excellent. Really good stronghold. Good shit. And Bobby, let's go next. We're going to go alphabetical. Okay. I, uh, oh, sure. <laughs> I'll I, go last. Uh, I, no, I think no, I've been playing no. the, the Division 2 mostly. Uh, and I am I am 500. Only from recalibration. Uh, uh, recalibrating some of the gear. Uh, it breaks me a little bit higher. So I am 500. But it's... I would like to see better gear, and apparently there's going to be an update to where everything you get is actually going to be like 500 and above, which I would like to see as opposed to getting crap. But uh, I still love playing it. I I have over 200 hours, and I've enjoyed the hell out of Division. Highly recommend it. All right. And George, we'll go next to you. Um, yeah, um, nothing's really changed for me. I'm still playing the Division. Um, I'm World Tier 5 as well. I'm about 480. Um you know, um, helping some people in the clan get up to speed. Um, on the side, I'm slow burning Sekiro. Just got uh, all the way to Genichiro second fight. Um, haven't really made a too much of an attempt there. I'm just taking a couple of days off before I really dig into that one because that one looks like a pain in the ass. So, <laughs> I love how that's a thing with those games. I got to take a couple of days off before I <laughs> go fight this dude. And uh, Zach, we'll go to you next. Um, I've also been playing. Is it Sekiro or Sekiro? 
so it's Sekiro. It would be how you say it uh, if you want to be super specific. But yeah, it's like the first vowel is supposed to be really hard in Japanese, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Sekiro. Yep. Yeah. I've been playing that. Um, I'm dabbling in Borderlands 2. Um, running through that with my buddy, uh, which is awesome. I forgot. Or what console? Xbox. Uh, I'm going to join you on that one because I've been doing that solo. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Borderlands is a blast with friends, man. That, uh, yeah, that the game. for sure. Like, I've been, I'm playing as um, the Siren. I've never played as a Siren before, and I'm trying to build her out as a healer. So it's like, it's pretty interesting. Um, uh, dabbling in that. Um, and I've been playing a lot of Splatoon 2. The game is way more addicting than it should be. And uh, I just, I love it so much. And I don't know if it's a huge deal. Like, I, I don't know. I've, I don't know the word of mouth behind Splatoon. Like, I know it's it's a popular game and everything, but I don't know if a ton of people play it. So, like, I, I just hope more people do, man. Like, that game is so much fun. Excellent. Uh, so, I am also still playing uh, Sekiro, and I am uh, also on the Division train as well. Uh, at world tier two, but my gear score, thanks to George kind of power leveling me, I think is sitting around 468. Um, certainly will be raid, raid ready. Um, I've just got a couple of, uh, I think I have one more mission, uh, and then uh, two of the original strongholds, and then of course the new one, Tidal Basin. And I imagine I'll start being able to chip away at that gear score. Unfortunately, I've encountered the uh, glitch where my bench uh, cannot be um, upgraded. Um, it there just is not the ability for me. I'm st- stuck at superior, so I can graph. I can uh, craft no gear right now, which uh, isn't that big of a deal since I'm still kind of working my way up. And the funny thing is, I tried to trick the game because when I switch between, uh, like if I click into the like the, the gun category, uh, the crafting bench, and then I click back to the main page um, for a second, the little crafting upgrade button will flash at the bottom. So I was trying to see if I could catch it at the right time and hold down X didn't work um, unfortunately so um, that's a little frustrating but um, again not the end of the world they're aware of it It seems like it'll hopefully be patched before the raid and then other than that i have just been playing dark souls on my switch during my lunch break at work uh, because i'm disgusting uh, sicko that just can't let it go um (laughs) how is that uh you know it is what i would call um a little bit above passable, you know. Um, gotcha. It is not the best way to play that game, um, especially with the remaster that just came out on, you know, Xbox and PlayStation, and you know, uh, for PC. Um, you know, they have higher frame rates, much better graphics. Um, that game looks better than it ever has on those consoles. Um, whereas on the Switch, you're very much, I think, getting 30 frames per second. Um, the graphics are fine, you know, but they, they're not great. And um, uh, once in a while, I will I'll notice a little bit of a dip in frame rate or performance. Um, but um, I was still able to make it through Blight Town on the first try. You know, didn't die, didn't get like you know any kind of stuttering there. Um, you know, the it's it's still very much Dark Souls, but just not the best way to play it. for something on the go. Especially, I think they priced it at forty bucks, and it's been on sale a couple times. Um, if you like Dark Souls, it's kind of a no brainer to have it on your Switch because uh, it's still enjoyable to play. So that's it. Um, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure as always. Uh, stick around. Uh, listeners, we have that interview coming up. I think you're going to want to hear it. That game, Lemnus Gate, sounds awesome. And we will embed the link for um, the uh, beta signup and website for the game so that you can check it out. Hopefully get in there. Um, 
really quickly, um, where can everybody find you, Adam? Uh, just find me on Twitter at Adam Gumby for all my fun tweets and stuff about the show. Great, Bobby. You can find me on everything: Twitter, Twitch, PlayStation, Xbox, Smooth Four Two Three. Excellent, Zach. Uh, I'm on Twitter over at Optimus Prime. It's O P T I M M U S P R I M M E. Fantastic, George. On Xbox and PS4, gamertag is still I uh, space sick space one. That's all spelled out. Space I. Um, same for both PS4 and Xbox One. Um, Instagram on George underscore Arevalo zero seven. Um, one of these days, I'll get that Twitter going. <laughs> Excellent. And you can find me at it's Waterman on uh, Twitter and Chris ninety day on Xbox and PlayStation Four. Until next time, it's been a pleasure. Good night, everybody. So welcome to a very special segment here on East Coast Games. We have director of Lemnus Gate from Rat Loop Games, James Anderson. James, welcome, and thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, sweet. Uh, so uh, you are fresh off of PAX East, so... Um... I just wanted to, you know, real quick, uh, right off the top, I just wanted to get your, your impressions of that. PAX East is, it's a huge event. I think there was like over 200,000 people who came through the doors over the course of about four days. But uh, it's a real amazing place to be. And I mean, the bars and the the intensity and the energy of the place is pretty astounding. Uh, for us at Rat Loop, it's our second PAX. And, uh, you know, I mean, I just love being immersed. There's so many people who are passionate uh, about games and so many people who are passionate about developing games and it's just it's one of those rare moments in the industry where those two people can connect on such a big big scale you know yeah definitely in uh so it was your your second one is this the first time that you are showing off Lemnus Gate to the yeah public? that's right yeah it's actually our it's actually our first major showing of the game to the public uh so we were there last year for our previous game but uh this is our first first year with Lemnus Gate and uh you know, we had a pretty decent booth this year. Uh, you know, we decorated it all up. We had uh, three or four monitors running with the different builds of the game. And uh, a lot of people stopped by and we got really, really encouraging results. So uh, a lot of people said it was, uh, you know, one of their favorite games or the most interesting thing they've seen at the show. So uh, we were really stoked by the, the fan feedback that we received. Yeah, definitely. I would imagine. I um, It wasn't on you know my radar i ha- i hadn't heard about it until you know i was just walking around and i and i happened to bump into the game and um luckily for me there was no one there so i was able to just pick up the controller and play it and me and my buddy were there and it was like such a breath of fresh air when um you're coming off playing all these other games you know these other first person shooters that are very more straightforward in how they operate in the very you know traditional way so seeing a game like this where you know you still have you know your typical first person shooter controls and everything but you introduce this interesting um time loop element that completely turns the game on its head and introduces a new way to play what was what was like the you know the what was it like coming up with a game like this was it always meant to be like this or did it turn into this uh, after look um, uh, first of all uh, uh, First of all, I'll just say thanks. Thanks for the comments. That's uh, really appreciated. Uh, I guess you know, for us, we we really became an indie studio um, for one good reason, and that's to be able to innovate. 
Uh, it's like, you know, a bunch of members of our team are kind of like senior ex-AAA developers. And, you know, we've worked in these massive, super massive teams and stuff like that. And uh, we really wanted a chance to be able to try things that are like outside the box, you know, things that uh, perhaps an established brand or franchise would never be able to try because it's too risky for them, you know. Um, so that was like part of our fundamental goal of even starting an indie studio in the first place. So it's like no matter what we do, uh, whether it's like our previous game or our new game, it's got to be something that's really, really unique. And, you know, some studios have like fantastic art and fantastic narrative or, or stuff like that. Um, we really focus on gameplay mechanics. I think that's probably our strength. So combining, you know, those two elements together, we're really trying to do games that have like really innovative gameplay mechanics, you know, where the thing you do with like either your, your mind or your controls, like your thumbs and stuff in the moment to moment gameplay is something new uh, that really hasn't been experienced for, you know? And for us, like what struck me, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I didn't okay, mean to no, catch you off there, James. No, it's all right. Go for it. Watching the, uh, you know, uh, some of the footage uh, from the game from, from your uh, website was that I imagine that there is going to be an incredible period of discovery for the player uh, where they probably will start off playing this game like a traditional first person shooter. And I imagine there's going to be so many revelations about strategies, and uh, that is so exciting to me. Like, it's, I can't wait to get my hands on this personally. It's pretty funny, actually. Uh, like, because we've been playing the game maybe like for around six, seven months uh, during development, of course. And you, know, you just reminded me there's this one guy at our office. He's always like, nearly every morning, he's like, okay, 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 I got this new strategy. I got this new strategy. And it, what's really funny is when we look back, along you know the course of our development the strategies that that we use today are like so much more advanced than the ones we used like two months ago and three months ago and four months ago so i think what's really really cool is that we're still seeing how deep it can go or it's not necessarily deeper but it's changing you know we we find new elements and then we incorporate them into our strategies so personally it's something that i'm absolutely thrilled about um having like this concept of time and causality as a gameplay mechanic, which is what foundation of Lemon Escape is. It's like, even when we first imagine the idea, it's really hard to understand what all those locations are and if they're fun, you know? And I think now that the game's maturing and we've spent more time in the game and we see that there are all these tentacles of strategy that just lead off. And it's really um, not limited by anything except kind of like your ability to imagine those things, you know? Uh, your ability to come up with creatives inside the game and the fact that the game itself is kind of like a canvas for those original thoughts i'm i'm really really happy with that kind of outcome yeah. so i would assume <clears throat> um you know like during your playtesting and all that you've seen quite a bit of different strategies from the different people in your office and everything well while you were at pax um did you see like was there anybody who picked up the controller and like you know busted out a strategy that you haven't seen yet that like you were shocked right, that right. somebody was able to pick up the game so quickly and able to um, adapt. i would say there's there's only really one that stood out and i don't know if it was intentional or accidental but uh effectively we have well i can explain it to you if you want um, we have this character that can throw grenades that stick to objects and then they become like these these laser turrets so they can sort of shoot at nearby enemies automatically and uh, one of the players threw like a whole bunch of those like onto a wall. So maybe there was like 16 turrets stuck to the wall, right? 
Oh, wow. And then his character died, okay, in round two. Like, that was the first thing he did, and then the next round, the other player killed him. So that guy was dead for, like, I don't know, five rounds. And then in the second last round, um, he actually managed to kill the person who had killed his turret guy. And then in the final round for the other player, all those turrets sort of came back to life again. (laughs) And they just went absolutely berserk and decimated the other team. So, like, I don't know if he planned that or if it was just something that kind of emerged. But uh, it was it was pretty hilarious, and the the player that got absolutely spanked was like, "Holy cow, that's insane!" You know, but seeing that these kind of things can exist is uh, is really nice. But I do think um, it's pretty difficult for a player who's just beginning to compete with somebody who's who's sort of familiar with a lot of the concepts. Like, imagine like your first game of chess, right? Mm-hmm. You you know what all the pieces can do, but you don't really know how to maximize or how to use them yet. You know. And I feel like with Lemnus Gator, it's very much the same kind of strategy where, you know, you will understand what the pieces are and sort of how to use them, but you won't be able to compete with somebody who's already played like hundreds of games of chess, right? So there is a, there is a definitive mental skill learning curve involved, and I think that's cool. I got to imagine you're, you're looking forward to getting it in, into more hands and seeing all kinds of new strategies and play styles emerge it's got to be thrilling you know the idea yeah, for sure i mean it's, it's thrilling and scary like uh you know because there are a lot of possibilities uh, maybe there's some sort of like uh, path of least resistance or exploits that, that we haven't seen yet you know mm-hmm. which is part of the testing and development sort of iter- iterative process but uh yeah i mean it's like there's probably some crazy person out there who's got this weird idea and nobody's seen it before and then he can come in and introduce that concept to the game you know and uh, i think that's fantastic really excited seems to see like that. i'm sorry uh james i think your mic may be cutting out just a a, a bit there um okay, sorry How's no no, no it's okay yeah yeah no no you're good i sorry i realized i was cutting you off because you came back in and i said oops he's not done talking i'm sorry continue that's okay you can go I was just going to say, I imagine this is probably going to be a, a, like a, a, a crowd favorite for for a party game environment. Uh, one of the things I was most impressed with was the concept of one TV, one controller, up to four mm. people. That is that's that's excellent. I mean, what a what a great idea to to make it you know accessible, easy to you know to play, and I think enjoyable even for people that are, would be you know spectating. Yeah, I mean, one thing we're really happy about is is that. Uh, as a side effect of being turn-based, we have the capability of doing local co-op, uh, sorry, local multiplayer uh, very, very easily, right? Uh, you know, a lot of games these days have kind of like abandoned the concept of split screen and stuff because it does cost more money to produce games which support split screen. You know, you have to like uh, optimize the rendering. You have to do a lot of work on the HUD to support multiple viewports. You know? So it's a costly thing to do. And because of that, you find that it, that kind of gameplay, especially for a shooter, is just kind of gone. I think Borderlands is like one of the last few shooters that kind of still supports that kind of stuff. So for us, we, we love the kind of couch couch multiplayer gameplay, you know, especially if you're uh, running on a console. And so the fact that we can actually really easily or natively support that just through our kind of like fundamental game design is, a, is I think, a, a huge win. And we're, we're really happy to have that in the game. It's kind of like a unique selling point for us as well, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you you found a way. You said your one of your goals is to innovate, and you certainly, you know, seem like you're doing that on more than one front. Uh, that being, you know, a great example of of how you're able to have a, a you know competitive uh, couch, uh, you know, uh, 
I want to say co-op now. <laughs> I, you said I, know, yeah. I always say that. I'm like couch co-op, but it's not really co-op. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. But with, you know, again, one controller, one screen, um, that's awesome. And look, and, I mean, honestly, that, that, that way of playing when you have, you know, a couple of mates on the couch, maybe, you know, it's the Friday night and you have a couple of beers or something, but it's just so much fun. You know, you're shouting at each other, screaming at each other. It's something that I think playing online, as fun as it is, it, it misses that human human touch a little bit, you know? And uh, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of, of playing games that, like that. You know? Yeah, definitely. And <clears throat> another thing that stood out to me in, in the video that you have on your website, I don't know if we really described uh, what the game is. So do you want to like just go ahead and yeah, give sure. a brief overview of what the game is? Uh, actually is because i don't we didn't describe it off the top of the show we've just been gushing no over the whole time i can do that really well because i just returned from pax and that's <laughs> what i was doing for like a week straight but uh basically it's a it's a first person shooter but it's a turn-based first person shooter so this is something that no other shooter has uh, so fundamentally it changes the way you play and the way it works is you have a 25 second time loop that repeats itself over and over again and then you have two teams so let's say two players 1v1 and you each take turn playing your character for 25 seconds once you've finished the 25 seconds your character will repeat endlessly over and over inside of the time loop so then for example you and i will take turns adding new characters into the time loop and over sort of like round after round more and more characters become involved in this time loop and they can interact with each other so a character from the past can shoot a character from the future and vice versa so you really have to think about um you know what's happened in the past what's happening on the screen now and what might happen in the future and it's a really really deep strategical first person shooter where you have a thinking time and then execution time so it, it feels a bit like a game of first person shooter it's chess something like that we have uh seven character classes so we have all, all the classics like you know your snipers your heavy your scout your engineer stuff like that they all have different weapons and different abilities so it's really just a, a really interesting new uh, mental aspect that we're introducing to a much loved or classic first person shooter i think yeah you hit the, that i mean that's a perfect way to uh describe it from again the footage i saw on the website maybe we'll in this, this episode we'll embed a link so that yeah, you know sure. people are interested they can can kind of mm -hmm. visit the site learn a little bit more about uh you and the team and then uh, kind of see it because I, I really I felt like that was a great way for me to soak it in. Uh, Zach did a pretty good job last week describing, um, you know, the basic concept. But it was it was neat to to see some of that. Uh, yeah, that that, that would be awesome. I mean, we we made the prototype video a couple of years ago, so uh, it was uh, actually a very very early uh, test bed version just to prove the the concept worked. Um, but the video is like pretty much explains the core concepts pretty well. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, feel, free to, feel free to link that. That'd be great. Oh, we absolutely will. Yes, absolutely. And we'll do it probably as well. Um, you know, we'll, when we are promoting the episode on Twitter, we'll, we'll, we'll throw a link up there as well because I think it's, oh, it's a great cool. way for people to wrap their brain, you know, around it. Excellent. Yeah, I thought, um, so I just wanted to, uh, you know, go over my my ex my experience playing the game. Uh, so when I got it, it was, it was uh, when we were playing, it was me and my buddy. And uh, after the introduction of the game and everything, um, I believe you had three of the, the the characters that are on your um, the website were the characters that were available in the demo at PAX, correct? Uh, we actually have a bunch of placeholder characters. So 
the three characters that you saw on the PAX posters were actually ones that we've completed the artwork for. All the rest were kind of like placeholder white characters. But in terms of yeah, gameplay yeah, functionality, that. they were all there. So even the heavy, the guy with the rocket launcher, he was there. You could play him, but you you couldn't see what he would look like in the final game. Gotcha, gotcha. So I was it was interesting because uh, like we were talking about earlier, like while I was playing, while I was watching my buddy play, um, in my head I'm trying to come up with all right, if he goes over yeah. here, I'm gonna send my next guy yeah, over yeah. here and. <laughs> So it was interesting, like, I was thinking, all right, I'm going to send my guy. So the, the round starts, and it's just like a first-person shooter. I ran off, and he starts on the other side. We were playing the the capture the flag variant type. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, you know, there's the the area on the map that I went to, and I would get it. And obviously, we're both running towards the same objective. Um, there was a couple of them on the map, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there's right? like three or four different flags, yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting on, like, do you send your guy to kill his guy who's going for one of the flags? Do you go for a flag he's not really looking at and try and make it back to score the point? Uh, like, I was thinking, like, I just might even send a guy into this room and and hold the trigger down and start spraying and hoping he comes through a door the next round and yeah. doesn't even know my guy's there. I know. So, like, it, it's happens, just, it actually yeah, happens a lot, yeah. The, uh, yeah, it's super. It's super interesting. Like I just, uh, it's it's you know, like you said, it's like a chess game, and you go in, and it's like that that saying when everybody says, you know, you're playing checkers while everyone's playing chess, like while he's playing chess. It's like yeah. you walk in and you're playing checkers right away because you know you think it's it's simple, but then like I feel like it's a game. It's easy to pick up, uh, hard to master because the strategy that uh, is involved. Absolutely. I mean, you know, one of our goals was was for that. I mean, accessibility is really important to us. I mean, we want, obviously, it's a first-person shooter, right? You don't want to mess with that. I mean, people people love shooters. They know how to play them already. So we, we didn't want to touch any of that stuff. So the whole experience of how to play is exactly like you would expect. And once you start playing, you're slowly introduced to this concept of, of the time loop. And, uh, yeah, that's where things really kind of start getting... You see people's faces and they're like, oh, oh, okay. And then they kind of understand the next level. And then they'll see like a, they'll see a character from the past, like mow them down. What, what the, you know, what just happened? And they're like, oh, that was the character from the previous round. And then their eyes will kind of open up a bit more and like, oh shit. Okay. And it just keeps going like that. So, I mean, what's really cool is we have, we have different choices, you know? So like we said, you could, you could kind of, throw some grenades into a room or you could go capture a flag or you could potentially go stop the other guy from capturing his flag. So we have different character choices as well and they all have abilities. But then you can also think about, do I need to do that now or can I do it at the end or can I do it? It means that time itself is not necessarily linear. So maybe that thing you wanted to do, it's better if you do it in a later round because then more people will be affected. It'll be a bigger surprise to the enemy. You know, so there's all these different sort of axes or dimensions to, to kind of work your brain around, which is really cool. And yeah. uh, what, uh, what are the uh, like the game modes? What's the, the player cap for each game? Sure, yep. We have, um, we're still experimenting, so... Uh, don't take this as the official list, but no, something to change, no. of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah like I mean, I don't, I don't want to promise promise things, but we've currently got three game modes that we're very, very happy with. Um, we're looking at a fourth one, which we're kind of testing right now, and then we have like we'll probably end up having uh, at least three or four maps per game mode. Um, so we should have quite a lot of variety there. And in terms of the player counts, uh, we did try. Honestly, we went all the way up 
from 1v1 to 4v4. Um, so we had like four simultaneous players versus four simultaneous players. Oh, wow. But uh, honestly, it just ended up being a bit of a, a bit of a chaotic mess. Um, I think in terms of like having that many players, you'd probably need a much bigger map and having like objectives, which you know these two players are supposed to get these objectives, those two ones, like splitting the field a bit, you know. Um, so we ended up bringing it back to two v two as a maximum. So we currently support one v one. Oh, excellent! So you can be on the same team as, uh, you know, like a friend and uh, play against another team of two. Yes, that's right. Actually, so we actually just implemented a the friend friend requests or friend invites uh, just this week. So you will be able to start a server, invite your friend, and then open up that server to the public so other people. Can... Oh, wow! That's excellent. That's uh... that, sh- that should be pretty fun. I mean, to me personally, I, I love playing online, but playing with your buddy is like. You know, the, the main reason you, you would want to play, I think, it's uh, it's so much fun. Even if you're playing uh, sort of 1v1, just to have one of your friends as the other player is, is really cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I occasionally host uh, like a, a game night over at uh, at my house, and uh, we love, you know, party games where, yeah, you know, um, everything from Rocket League to Jack Party Pack, I mean, you name it, oh, we right. play a lot of Towerfall, of course. And um, this actually kind of, uh, when again watching, yeah, you know, that proof of concept video reminded me a lot of Towerfall, and that I, I imagine there's going to be a lot of yelling and screaming, and that I hope know, so. Yeah, <laughs> sort of getting your your sea legs is just the beginning, you know, yeah. and that you'll you'll kind of your understanding of of how the mechanics work and how you can make them work for you and how they can be worked against you will kind of evolve, and and probably the more you play it with the friends, uh, the, the more. Speaking of uh, speaking of yelling and screaming. Um, one thing to be aware of is that we've actually intentionally put on uh, friendly fire oh, because one of, wow, one of okay. the most one of the most hilarious and let's say scream inducing uh, moments in the game is you know you have a guy with a rocket launcher and you have a sniper so these are like high powered weapons right and often if you don't remember what you did before you often run into your own gunfire oh. so you know <laughs> like when you actually like shoot yourself with your own sniper from across the map oh, from man. two rounds back. Yeah, it's absolutely hilarious. And both you know, in the in the couch multiplayer scenario, those kind of events are like re- really fun to watch. You know? And then uh, you get to see them the over and over and over way. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine uh, a bit shameful for the person that uh, falls well, victim. You know, what's their... funny is like, yes, it's completely embarrassing. And if you do it in one of the early rounds, then you see it happen over, over and over for the rest of the game so you get shamed like repeatedly so it's it's pretty funny yeah. that's brilliant and and i saw in the video that you guys were uh you know it's designed to be easy to watch and it's designed for with esports in mind and everything and i feel like that's a like a lot of games will say that but like i even after i played the game at pax like i enjoy just sitting there watching people you know play and it's you know it's immediately they were laughing immediately they were having a good time because you know there's especially on the couch it's you know it brings out the competitive nature in you and you want to beat the person next to you so yeah, it was just sure. it was really fun just watching those people have That's fun. Cool. I think there's a couple of things that really facilitate the let's call it the watchability of a game you know it's like first of all we have this uh, observer mode or, or the spectator camera if you will so like um, in between when people are taking their turn, you know, you can fly around the camera and, and basically watch 
the current state of the time loop. So that 25 seconds will be constantly repeating. So you can fly around and see everything that's happened so far. So it's kind of like an instant replay of the current state of the game, you know? And because of that, you have time to watch what's happening and, and see where everybody went and what they did and kind of appreciate, you know, the skills of the other players. And you can also, as an observer, even though maybe you might not even be playing the game, you can kind of like think about uh, what a good move might be, you know? So you, you do have a really good perspective on the match. Um, as opposed to a game where maybe it's always in first-person perspective, you know, you'd only ever see one little area of the level at one time, so you don't have this kind of overview, right? I think that right there is a, a pretty good way to make something easy to watch, and it just happens to be the, the game structure that we have. So. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm saying. That was that was super cool. And and uh, what uh, platforms is the game going to be available on upon uh, release? If you can talk about. Yeah, I mean, I can't say too much about the the platforms, but we'll we'll definitely be doing PC and console. Oh, sweet! Yes, so, uh, excellent. And I know I mean, you 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 have a, a beta sign up available on your website. Um, that's right. Any, yeah. any uh, like soft uh, time frame on on when you're hoping to to push the uh, the beta out, or can you talk about what platforms? <clears throat> excuse me, it'll be available. Um, yeah, sure, sure. The, uh, the the beta will be absolutely Steam only, um, mm-hmm. just because. For us, that's uh, it's an easy platform for us to push updates and sure. get feedback. Uh, you know, all the key management systems on Steam are really fantastic, so obvious choice for that. And uh, yeah, I mean, look in terms of like the platforms moving forward and whatnot, um, we'll probably do Steam. I would say you know, within a month, something like that, for oh, the awesome. closed beta. Um, again, anything can change here. You know, yes. of course, yeah, um, that goes without saying. Yeah, we understand. We're we're all gamers here, so we understand yeah. dates are fluid. And yeah, and right. frankly, I'm, you know, I think uh, we're in the like, camp, all of us on the podcast, especially that. Uh, you know, uh, take your time, put it out when it when it's ready, and if it slips, it slips. It's fine. You know, we don't want anyone, uh, you know, uh, losing their minds trying to you know hit a date or something like that. Yeah, so. sure, sure. Yeah, like for us, it's about, you know, what do we want to be in the beta? What do we consider to be, like, really important to get feedback on? And, you know, the game's changing. It's still in a state that's early enough that a lot of the important stuff is actually changing pretty often. Um, so we're kind of looking for a nice moment to stabilize and kind of sort of collate everything that we have, make sure it works, make sure it's debugged and all that kind of stuff, and, and we'll go from there. But, uh, yeah, I would imagine it's, it's in a few months or like that. So I was, I'm just genuinely curious as to what's, what's it like uh, getting feedback from, you know, a beta where it's out to the masses versus getting feedback from uh, a gamer in person that's uh, someplace like PAX and stuff like that is, is the feedback e- easier to receive one way, like uh, from PAX when someone's right in front of you, or is it better when it's coming yeah. from the masses? I think, I think the main, like based on my experience, um, so I can't speak for everybody, but I think when you're in person, like at a trade show, there's a, always a positive bias, you know? It's like when you're dealing with somebody as, you know, on a personal level, they're going to be very polite and they're not going to tell you things they think suck or, you know what I mean? It's like they're going to be quite nice about it. Um, and when it's online and everybody's anonymous, it's pretty much the opposite. So, for example, if there's a crash or one of the features doesn't work correctly or somebody has a problem with their PC setup, uh, you'll hear about it and you know, you'll, you'll hear frustration, right? And that's fair enough. I mean, like the game should work. It should work well for everybody. But, you know, unfortunately, the reality of especially on PC is everybody's got a different setup. 
And so if things don't work, then those messages come across louder than perhaps the, the positive stuff would, you know? So you just have to understand yeah. the context, the situation that you're in. And, you know, most people, often you get um, like a few users that are really, really helpful. So they'll actually bend over backwards to, you know, sort of moderate some of the other users and really investigate bugs if there's any very deeply just to help you out as much as possible. And when you encounter people like that, like whether it's on Discord or on your forum or whatever, uh, it's really refreshing and it's it's really nice. And, you know, people generally just, you know, love the game and they'll give you really positive feedback saying, I think it's great. And it's all that stuff's really great to hear. You know? Now, do you, right. re- do you recommend people like... Would you prefer somebody to come up to you with packs and be like, "Hey, man, I I didn't really like this about the game, and I think this would be a lot better"? Or do, or like, would you do you encourage that in that situation? Yeah, look, I mean, always, I think you know, as long as it's constructive criticism. Yeah, I mean, and, and the goal, yeah, yeah. the goal is to make the game better, not to you know be insulting or, or say, "Hey, you know, I found this bug. I'm I'm cool." You know, as long as the the reason for them saying it is to help make the game better, then for sure honest feedback is the best thing you can receive you know definitely yeah i always try to emphasize be kind you know even if it's not for you you didn't like it or yeah you know i mean you know as as a game developer you kind of learn to take some of that uh, in stride you know like usually when you when you make your first game and people say bad stuff in the review you get you get really upset you know and mm-hmm. then after a while you just understand well you know what it's not a game for everybody and some people like it some people don't and there's reasons that are valid for those things so you sort of like you receive the information or you read it on the screen and then you kind of interpret it in the correct way, you know, but it's, it's a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like absolutely. That. I'd like to believe maybe someday the internet will get a little bit better about I don't uh, maybe, think so. <laughs> <laughs> communicating, you know, maybe some of that frustration in a way that's, you know, like you said, constructive and gets uh, across what they're actually trying to say instead of just saying something that's uh, nasty, you know, for the sake yeah, I mean, look, it, it's like you said, some people are way more articulate than others as well. I mean, one guy might be like, uh, I don't know, the controls suck, you know, and then <laughs> another person might be like, I think, you know, your acceleration curve could be tuned, you know, with a little more responsiveness you know it's like the game is feeling the same thing but one person's explaining it clearly and the other one's just giving you an emotional response but fundamentally it comes from the same place right sure absolutely well as we kind of wind down uh zach is uh is going to ask you uh three three questions here don't worry these are softballs here but uh you know that uh, I think we're hoping to ask of all our uh, future guests. So you get to be the guinea pig here, but uh, okay, I'm starting off a trend, right? You are trendsetter. You yeah. you like to innovate, right? So here we go. <laughs> That's it. We're setting the bar high with you right here. All right, all right so good. Three, three, three quick questions. All right, we have okay. your favorite game, the most recent game you've been playing, and the game you're most looking forward to. That's coming up. Ooh, my favorite game of all time. You know, I'm I'm gonna have to go with like Doom. I think. The original Doom. It's, Great choice. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just I can't really see myself more excited about something than than I was when I played that. Uh, it was a real a real game changer for me. And what was the second question? Sorry. Uh, what's what's the game you're playing right now? Like, what's what, um, what I, I did just recently try out Apex Legends um, because it's a super super well launched first person shooter. So I'd have to say that was the last game I played. And the game I'm most looking forward to, ooh, that is really tough. I think I'm a big fan of Naughty Dog, so probably The Last of Us 2, I think. 
Uh, I saw a gameplay footage from that from a couple of years ago, and it's just the difference, sort of the the line between sort of what's in game and what's cinematic is just almost completely gone. And I think that's really enticing. So that would be one of my top picks. I think. Yeah, I think you're alone in that. I don't think anyone's waiting. Really <laughs> oh, oh, oh Half Life Three. How about that? Yeah, oh. right. <laughs> I think those are all three excellent choices. Yeah. Um, you know, the Doom is a game that I remember kind of being the forbidden fruit, you know, it must've been about seven and my uncle had a, had a copy and uh, you know, my cousins and I sneaking it into the, you know, the disc drive and booting it up on DOS and uh, just, you know, uh, like you said, unlike anything and uh, apex legends has been my on and off again, love lately as well for scratch that PVP itch. Oh, they've just, they've, they've executed so well on that game, you know, you have to give them credit for that. Yeah, that that was one of the smoothest launches for a game. I've never seen anything like that. I don't know how they pulled that off. That was crazy, you know. Yeah, brilliant. And and on on a, on another note, for that same developer, they just uh, said their Star Wars game is going to be teased in a couple of days, so that's something yeah. to get pumped about. We'll see what that is, huh? That's interesting. Yeah. I'm always a bit of a sucker for Star Wars, you know. So maybe, yeah. I mean, if, if Apex is any indication. Uh, we may have a real treat on our hands, and let's hope that's the case. For I'm sure, sure, a lot of people would be would be up for that. You know, it's, definitely. Uh, those guys know how to make uh, you know combat games. That's for sure. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah. Also, um, I'm really excited about Borderlands Three because, like I mentioned before, it's one of the few games with split screen co op, and I'm excited to play that with my wife. Oh yeah, I, I, uh, they gave out um, at PAX East when you went to the Gearbox panel. They actually gave out Borderlands. Uh, game of the year edition and a handsome collection for free to everybody in the audience really? so that was, wow. yeah That's that cool. was super cool so i've been running through borderlands 2 again and uh man i forgot how good these games are so you're definitely it's fun right. stuff yeah i'm sure the third one's gonna be you know as good or better so it's definitely exciting for sure well, as much as, uh, uh, you know, uh, Borderlands 3 is going to be great and everything, I'm honestly, genuinely, and it's not just because you're here, I'm more excited for people to play this game just because of how different it is. Like, Lemnus, I, I promise it's going to be it's gonna be something special. Oh, it's really, really, really great to hear that. I mean, uh, we're excited, and if you guys are excited too, that, that means we might have done something right. So hopefully that's the case, you know. Yeah, I'm absolutely stoked. Um, I uh, Every Wednesday, so tomorrow night, um, I go out. Uh, we have a Killer Queen community. Are you familiar with Killer Queen, the arcade game? Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. So we have a great community here in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, where I live, and um, there are a ton of people that really enjoy doing beta tests for okay. all manner of games and uh, are on the the more polite side <laughs> of that spectrum, right? That's good. Um, That's good. Yeah. Including a couple of IT people, you know, or people that are familiar with. Uh, so I I plan on. Uh, I'm sure they're listening to the podcast. What's up, everybody? Uh, but also, you know, tomorrow out, um, you know, having them to take a look, uh, sign up for the beta, because uh, I can tell you that uh, I plan on having people over when it's available uh, to play on. on that would Steam. be awesome. I mean, the more the merrier, you know, very happy yeah. for you to, uh, to get people in. That's great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm shouting its praises, everybody who will listen to the game. So uh, if you don't mind, um, James, where, where can we uh, find you on social media, the web, uh, plug, uh, you know, wherever, however uh, you'd like to plug so people can find yeah, you? We, well, we have our uh, Discord channel. It's uh, Rat Loop Games Canada. And uh, obviously our website has links to all of our social media stuff. So uh, again, it's ratloopgamescanada.com or you can just go straight to lemnusgate.com and you'll see links to, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Discord, all that stuff on the website. 
but it's probably the easiest way to to track us down and you know what if you if you want to talk to us we're online on discord all day and we're really happy to talk we'd love to hear from you and i highly encourage you listeners check out uh, some of this you know as you said proof of concept certainly not uh, the finished game, but um, I think it's a great way to see why uh, you know Zach and I are so excited, and we're thrilled to to have you on, James. Uh, it's been a treat. Thank you so so yeah, very look, much. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. It was really yeah. awesome talking to you. Yeah, James, and, uh, thank you very much for coming on. And uh, again, I can't wait to play the game. Worries. I'll, I'll maybe I'll see you online sometime. Huh? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll I'll be sure to come up with some uh, great strategies to blow your mind there. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. You know. <laughs> I got six Excellent. months of well, six uh, months in front of you. That's that's true. That's true. But I I, I consider myself the best in the world at video games. You have uh, okay. I, I didn't know that, but now I do. I'll be yeah, prepared. Self, uh, you know, <laughs> self-proclaimed. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. No, I'm excited, guys. I can't wait for you guys, for you to be able to play it. So oh, likewise. Again. Yep. Uh, I'm chomping at the bit. This jumped up uh, my list quite a bit. So uh, we'll we'll continue to uh, to advocate and promote, and uh, we will certainly let you know what we think uh, once 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 we can get hands on. So thank wait. you again. I can't wait. Thanks for your time, guys. I'll see All you right, soon. James, huh? Thank you very much. See you soon.